The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We're back here with you, you with us. This is the way it should be. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, I mean, in general or just on, on this podcast? I mean, if, it, if, I was, if this was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Carrot Top or something, that would not be the way Carrot it should top. be. Okay. <laughs> like a comedian with the red hair? Yeah, have you seen him lately? He is roided oh, no. up, man. That guy is, roided he's got to be juicing. He is. Weird. He went from a like a pretty scrawny, kind mm-hmm. of a, a prop gimmick comedian, to like this m- muscle bound Hulk. Weird. I didn't know. I haven't seen him lately. Okay. So. Well, you can Google Carrot Top if you want to see someone you want with to. lots of muscles today. But he's yeah. not here. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is here? Is Christy Penley? That's hey, right. Christy. We are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ben Sternkey. Mm-hmm. As you, as you said earlier, yes, yep. we're here. Friends, I want to ask you a question. I was thinking about, uh, Ben, you and I went to a convention for our diocese uh, last weekend, and mm-hmm. the bishop of our diocese encouraged everyone to rest. Remember yeah, that? That was, that was her charge to us. She charged us to rest. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking through, if you had 24 hours and you had... Um, all your responsibilities taken care of. You had mm-hmm. maybe a generous budget, not unlimited. Okay. Okay. You can't like buy Twitter or something. Settle down. Yeah. But you, <laughs> you have a generous budget, mm-hmm. and you can do whatever you need to recreate and rest. What would that twenty-four hours look like? Twenty-four hours. What would be involved oh, boy. in it? Okay, all three of our answers are going to be very, very different. Mm-hmm. Because for me to rest does not necessarily mean for me to be alone by myself in the middle of the woods. 
which is like, which you is know. literally my answer. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I would, I would find like a very fun coffee shop, and I would go get a nice cup of coffee, and I would like read and journal and like like spend you know twenty seven minutes by myself because that's about all I can handle. <laughs> 27 minutes. I'm just wow. kidding. That's um, how you can handle with me. <laughs> um, I probably would do a thing called the incline here, which is like a mile up. Um, it's like railroad tracks up the mountain and then like a three and a half mile trail down. It's like a really good workout, but it's super fun. And I actually really enjoy doing that when I have some space. Wow. Um, I might take a nap. Yeah. Um, and then I probably would get together with friends for like dinner and I don't know, hanging out because yeah. that's restful yeah. to me. Yeah. So I hear, I hear, uh, well, I hear coffee, but really we know, we all know that it's uh, coffee is a creamer delivery system. For <laughs> it's Christy. just creamer, sugar, sugared <laughs> <Yeah>. up creamer. <laughs> no, so we have coffee, nature, um, exercise, and exercise and friends. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. What would yours right. be? For me? Yeah. Uh, I've got to move my body. So it would probably be like a really long hike somewhere. Aerobics? No. no. Oh, hike. Okay. No. I haven't jazzercised in weeks. <laughs> this would be more like this would be more like a hike yeah. somewhere really pretty, um, probably probably by myself. But I'm with you, Christy. I would need at the um and like copious amounts of sleep. If I could get 12 hours of sleep, like if I had a sleep button mm-hmm. somewhere between my nipples and my navel, oh you know, right gosh. right in the middle of my belt, like right in the middle of my torso, and I could just hit that sleep button and go out for 12 hours, I would I would pay lots of money for that. Anyway, I want to sleep for 12 hours, hike for like six. Ooh, after my hike, I'd want a massage, oh. like a really like deep tissue massage. And then I'd love to have like a fire and food and drinks with with a few friends, just a few, maybe you two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the two of us, we could come. We could come. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just assume you guys would be hanging out, and then I would come. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, okay. we hung out the other day because you were here uh-huh. in Colorado, and that night on the way home, I was like, I laughed so hard. There were some moments where I was like, Oh, that was good. It's good for my soul yeah. to laugh that much. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Ben, what would right. you do? Um, I've had a chance to think about mine, um, <laughs> and you guys have given me some good ideas. So, um, anyway, I uh, I would probably do some sort of long walk or hike in a forest. Mm. I would try to find some trees. Um, you know, I love mountains as well, but there's not anywhere there's not uh, there's none around here. So, um, I would I would. Yeah, find a wooded area, and I would probably try to, you know, leave my phone behind, and I would, um, yeah, I would just uh, be in the forest for a while. Um, so I would do that, and then I think at the end of that day, I would also want to get enough sleep, um, just kind of wake up whenever, like wake up whenever my body wakes up, mm-hmm. uh, and then I would I would hike in the forest, and then I would would want to come back and I would probably want to make a meal for some friends that we would enjoy together. For us. 
You would yeah, make for a you meal. Guys. Yeah. So we can <sighs> we can combine some of these. I like it. And Matt, Matt, your idea of doing the fire and the food with friends, I could make the meal and you mm. guys could be the friends. And then uh I'll, but anyway, I'll Christy, bring dessert. You can, I, I think this works. <laughs> Look at yeah. this. Yeah, that works. That works perfectly. Look, I think these these are integrated uh, visions of a great day off. Yeah, like this it. went from a hypothetical to we probably need to do this. I know. Yeah, when, when can March? Can we get together in March and do this? Um, great, Christy. I'm thinking that you'll bring the dessert, Ben. You'll make uh, the food. I'll mm-hmm. make the fire, and you know who's going to make the drinks? Paul Penley. Mm. Paul Penley's going to make the drinks. Oh, that guy he does makes make good drinks. Man. Good drinks. All Boyfriend right. Well, is, now, yeah. This went from an imaginative exercise to something in now my we have day to do planner. It in, we have to do it in Colorado, or we have, at least have to get both Penleys out to Indiana. There you go. Do it, so. Well, in the meantime, right. we have a podcast to get to, and also, uh, Ben, we started we traveling again. We have some things on the uh, in the diary, as they say, uh, across the yeah. pond. You want to go over we that? Do. We do. Yeah, so um, a few things that are coming up, um, events in the coming year that you can put on your calendar and join us for um, that are on the calendar. One is we're doing a uh, discipleship workshop that's based on the eight axioms of our book, Having the Mind of Christ. We're doing that in Northwest Indiana, uh, January 27th and 28th um, at a church up there. Um, we'll put links to all this in the show notes. But um, but yeah, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you at that discipleship workshop, January 27th. And 28, I know it feels like it's a long ways away, but um, 2023 is just around the corner, if you guys didn't realize. I do. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either, but here here we go. I feel like I'm living in the future. Anytime I, like, write the date down. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It feels... Like, 2022 was the date of, like, the sci-fi novels. It's like, ooh, things are happening in 2022. George This is how... (laughs) Yeah. By the way, this is how old people talk. Um, I know what we're yeah, doing totally. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it's 2022? Um, yeah. Yes. A couple other events. Uh, if you want to put these, these are um, conferences that Matt and I are going to be doing um, uh, workshops at. And uh, who knows? Maybe Christy, if we can, if we can get her out to some of these, um, if it works in your calendar, Christy. But uh, we are going to be at Missio Alliance's Awakenings Gathering, April twenty seventh and through the 29th. That's happening in Chicagoland. And then we're also going to be at the Apprentice Gathering, September twenty one through twenty three in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, that's Jim Smith's um, Apprentice Institute at Friends University. So yeah, we'll be at those gatherings, and um, yeah. We just want to let everybody know about that. So if you want to come out and see us at some of those gatherings, you can. We also do uh, workshops, and we're booking workshops for 2023 right now. So if you or your church would like to bring us out for uh, one of our workshops, which uh, we do all kinds of different workshops on discipleship, on uh, mission in the 21st century. We do workshops on uh, the Enneagram. Um, We do workshops on even like parenting. We do a workshop, uh, Seth Richardson does a workshop on discerning your context, uh, which is a great workshop. So if you'd like to book us for any of those things, uh, you can reach out, put a link in the show notes, or you can just email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. And we'd love to come out and visit with you um, and and the people mm-hmm. and all the people. I just had a church actually reach out to me and I'm going to do a parenting nice. little retreat for them out in the state of Washington. Um, and it's because they heard the grace and truth matrix and they asked if I would come and teach it to their parents, which is kind of cool. 
So that is cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, listeners who are familiar will know that the grace and truth matrix is it's eminently applicable to all areas of life, but especially parenting. Yeah. It's really, really helpful. Yes. Mm. Yep. Well, that's awesome, Christy. Yeah. Great. So come see yeah. us, reach out, ask us yep. to come to your church. We want to come. We want to see you. It would, we, it, we do. Yeah. Very, very warmly said, Christy. I feel like that was a much more warm invitation than mine. So no, no, I'm kind of all facts, all facts and business. Christy, Christy's all heart. So. Yeah, yeah, Christy, that was an invitation from the heart. It, it was, was really sweet. Yeah. Um. Well, today on the podcast we have Mark mm-hmm. Allen Shelsky, who oh, is Such written a, a book. Good guy. Yeah, written a book, journaling for spiritual growth, and it's just a six-week devotional to develop, cultivate a habit of journaling. And I think not only Mark has a lot of fun, uh, kindred spirit, as they say, but also this is a really great resource. So we're happy, we're pleased to be able to mm-hmm. introduce you to Mark and this resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved this conversation uh, because it, it sort of named, Mark has done a lot of great thinking about why journaling is so helpful what is actually happening to us spiritually as we journal and even like emotionally and like in our minds and like why it's so helpful. And he's got some great, like real practical handlebars for how to get started in an effective practice of journaling. Mm -hmm. It's such a good resource. And I think his heart is really tender. Like I think that came out in this too, which I really appreciated. So I've been practicing this guys. Since we talked, like I had been doing it before, but I've continued and I've thought of him over and over because of the conversation that we had. So it's a good one. That's awesome, Christy. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark, thanks for this. Christy has benefited, apparently. I have. Let's get into it. Listeners, I think you'll benefit as well. Let's Let's do it. Today we welcome Mark Allen Shelsky back to the podcast. He's been a pastor for a long time, since 1995, uh, and currently he is a teaching elder at Bridge City Community Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. He is a songwriter, he is a food preparer, uh, he's a dad, he's a husband, and we chatted with him uh, I think last year or so on his first book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, which dealt with emotions in the Christian life. Uh, and today we're chatting about uh, another project he's been working on that I had a chance to look at uh, several months ago. And the title of that is Journaling for Spiritual Growth, Six Weeks to Build a Habit that Fosters Spiritual and Emotional Maturity. Mark, welcome back to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Christy, Ben, Matt. I am really excited to be here with you. You have been accompanying me in my car over the last couple of years, nice. all kinds of places. And so nice. it's lovely to be here with you. I'm excited Thanks, to, to yeah. be with you because I told I told him before you guys even got on and before we hit record that I think I'm going to quote him in my dissertation. What? And um, and yeah, well, because I'm, I'm doing you know my whole dissertation on emotions and anyway, spiritual intelligence and so, Mark, you have some really great things to say, and I feel like we have some good learning to do. So, um, thanks for being with us. Um, obviously, Matt and Ben 
have you know talked to you before, but I haven't had that privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, um, you know, since you've written your last book, what's happened in your life? What spurred you on to write this book, and what was the springboard for it? Mm. Okay, uh, let's see. What's the quickest way into that? Um, <laughs> I I study and dig into the things that I need. And then Mm -hmm. oftentimes it turns out that those things are helpful to other people. That might be a a handle for maybe my whole pastoral ministry. I'm kind of an explainer by temperament. And, you know, the dark side of that was for a long time, I used a very confident white male voice to talk about things in ways that maybe didn't have a lot of weight behind them, but I could make them sound authoritative. Um, And then the last 10-ish years of my life, hopefully, I've been maturing to be able to use that gift to help people Mm -hmm. with things they say they need in ways that they find hospitable and welcoming for their journey. Um, You know, I I got into the emotional project, The Wisdom of Your Heart, because of my own dire straits and going through a major emotional uh, kind of crash and therapy and kind of recovery. And similarly, um, I I got into this project because journaling has been a lifesaver for me. It's, it is the spiritual hmm. practice that has been the hmm. most consistently transformational in my life over a very long time. Hmm. When I talk about that to people, a lot of times people gloss over because journaling seems like a big chore or they immediately say, oh, that's not for me. I'm not a writer. I'm not a creative person. And so I found just in pastoral conversations that I needed to say what I meant by this because I have found journaling to be um, just really deep and uh, flexible and um, a persistent partner in my journey of growth. And that's essential to me, right? Like I, I, I got off the train a long time ago of wanting myself or people that I serve to get better and better and better at doing church activities, which is kind Mm. of like the discipleship model I grew up under, right? Become really good at Bible study, become really good at methods of prayer, become really good at Mm -hmm. whatever, insert your thing. And that doesn't result in transformation. That results in just becoming more skilled at doing certain church practices, which, I mean, look around us. I don't know that that's helping anybody. (laughs) So, (laughs) So for me, journaling had to be looked at in a different way. And so I, you know, shared both my own experience and did a lot of study on what's been effective for people and and how journaling as a tool works with our the way our brains work and our emotional limbic system and all of that. And this is my best attempt to put something together that is uh, gentle and hospitable and easy to follow for someone who is interested in investing in a spiritual process that might actually change them. You are clearly pastoral. Like even before we hit record, I felt like all three of us could have said that you were pastoring our hearts, which mm-hmm. is like really a gift that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to hear, like when I think of journaling, <laughs> I think of just a page just written out like like seventh grade English class and like here's my thesis statement, here are my three yeah, yeah. points and my sure. conclusion and like boring and 
I don't have time for that. But that's not what you mean by journaling. There's lots of different ways. There's lots of reasons, methods, Mm -hmm. like practices. Can you give us kind of, and our listeners, um, some of those, give them an, an imagination of what that looks like? Sure. The reason I think that that this method of journaling is flexible is because it doesn't get too hung up on the methods really mm-hmm. and invites you to pay attention really to the purpose. Yes. We do write, right? Journaling is the act of writing. Whether you're writing out longhand or you're typing on a computer, you're writing. That's true. But the point is not writing. The point is simply this. You are externalizing the thoughts that happen in your brain mm-hmm. so that your brain can notice those thoughts and think about them. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole gig. And, you know, the, the, a brain that's having an experience is notoriously uh, untrustworthy in evaluating that experience itself, right? It's very hard to have a thought or an experience and then step back from your own thought experience and say, oh, what does this mean to me? What's going on here? Do I maybe hear God in this? Is this my yeah. inner drives? Is this just the fact that I had a bad experience yesterday and I'm react Like, it's hard to do that. And so journaling by writing words, you're, you're slowing that process down. You're having to choose specific words. And those words may be right or wrong. The point is not that you get it right. The point is that you chose a specific word Mm -hmm. and that gives you the opportunity to go, huh, is that right? Is that how I feel? I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. No, I'd I'd restate it this way, right? And so the the journaling process slows us down, sort of moves us out of the microwave desire for instantaneous results. It puts us into metacognition, thinking about thinking, right mm-hmm. which is which we avoid in our culture right that fast paced life that we all live we don't think about how we think we don't think about how we feel we just mm-hmm. skate on the surface and so that's the heart of why journaling works now how are you going to do it is it going to be you know ink on a page with beautiful sentences is it going to be bullet points is it going to be fragments is it going to be in a journaling app there's a million ways to do it and the right answer is simply to do the one that works for you. That's mm. it, right? Yeah. So every every journal that is done, every person who follows this six-week process, their journal is probably going to look different, mm-hmm. right? The, the little, the little uh, template that they use to structure the time is going to look different because yeah. those yeah. things are all, the question is always what's going to work best for you? And that's going to take yeah. into account things like your temperament and your season of life, and the amount of time you have, and the level of uh, distraction in your both interior and exterior space, and what even you enjoy, right? Like, that's got to be part of it. You know, like, there's this sort of heavy kind of Puritan weight on spiritual practices that are their disciple, their disciplines. They're disciplines. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to feel good. You you yeah. eat them like broccoli because over the long haul <laughs> with they, no will salt. Pre- they will they pre- will with no salt, no butter, no cheese, oh, oh, right? Come exactly. on, no ranch dip. I'm gonna go with right. some ice cream. Exactly. You know, and and I I get that. I get it. Yeah. Some of dis- some disciplines are hard for us, and it's and it's often good to lean into the disciplines that are hard for sure. you. But yeah. but having pastored for a long time. It's very clear to me that the disciplines people stick with <laughs> are the ones that they are drawn to and that yeah. they find benefit in. And that's the yeah. goal here. I don't want you to journal mm-hmm. for a month and decide it doesn't work. I want to help you build a lifelong habit. Yeah. And so that's 
that we we start just by focusing on these these core principles and then mm-hmm. i lead you through a process of figuring out how to do those principles in a way that works for you hmm. yeah yeah and now a word from a sponsor as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. All right, let's get back into our conversation. What, maybe let's double click on works for you. Um, how how would you mention some of these things, but? How would I know if a specific way of doing journaling does work for me? Oh, like what kinds question. of things would happen in me or what kinds of things should I be noticing? Because, you know, one, one, one way of looking at it, and I don't think this is uh, one of the, but one way of looking at it is I, I know it works for me because I actually do it, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. okay, that's maybe one thing. But like beyond that, yeah. like how, how will I know that I'm doing something that is sort of contributing to my um, you know, emotional and spiritual maturity. Like how, how will I know yeah. if I'm growing and if this is working for me? Any yeah, that's a good question, that? right? I mean, it makes me think about, you know, growing up in Ohio in the Midwest and the door frame in our kitchen that opened to the stairs going to the basement. And on that door frame is where our parents, my sister and I, our parents would have the little birthday marks you know, that that you stand, right. And you get the little line and the date beside it. And Uh over the years we lived in that house, there's this increasing little metric, you know, it's hard to see yourself grow. Mm. Right. Mm. How do you know? Well, that, that measurement allowed us to see, you know, I'm actually taller than I was last year. And I think a journal, a journaling habit held over time becomes like that. It becomes a tangible thing I can look at and go back, oh, yeah, a year ago, I was really thinking about these things. I was wrestling with these things. I went through, I went through an experience a year ago that felt so, um, like so much upheaval. It, emotionally, I felt like I was going to lose it. And now a year later, I can look back and go, oh, wait, no, I am still here, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so the first answer is, is some time which is why okay. the way that this process is structured is that the, the book walks you through six weeks to, to sort of get your, your head around doing this okay. and practicing mm-hmm. yeah. it every yeah. day. 
But then it says at the end, look, you're, you're going to both know that it's working and you're going to be able to learn how to evolve it so that it works best for you by committing to the process over time. Like one of the things that is in, that's in, that's in the process is a periodic opportunity to stop and evaluate. Is what I'm doing still working for me? You know, so like, for example, uh, when I was kind of in a, in deep weeds in my own emotional recovery and it was in therapy for several years, my emotional health and maturity was a part of my journaling process very intentionally. Like this is something yeah. I've got to be paying attention to. But then as I moved through that, th that became more natural for me. I was more opened to the emotional aspect of my inner life and it didn't need to be an express part of my journaling process every day. And so I got to the point of evaluating. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay in this area. I'd like to focus on something else. Well, that was right about the time I started having teenage children. And so in my evaluation, it was like, you know, the thing right now that's the most scary to me in my life is being a parent of teenage children, which I've never been before. And I have no models for my dad died when I was 11. I don't know what it looks like to be the dad of a teenager. This is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that at that point, it felt like in my inner life that maybe God was saying, hey, the thing to focus on right now is paying attention to this, this particular relationship. And so then that became part of my journaling, right? Yeah. And the expectation is that periodically, maybe quarterly or seasonally or every year, I'm going to look at what I'm doing and in conversation with my own spirit and the spirit of God say, you know, this is where my focus needs to be. And because it has that built into it, it can be a sustainable long-term practice because yeah. it's not assuming that at every point in my life, at every level of maturity, the practice is going to look the same. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, I think one of the things I'm hearing you say there is you can't really measure, it's hard to measure your growth um, in, the, in the moment. Mm -hmm. But what you can measure is, is this practice helpful for me in terms of paying attention to my emotional state? You know, like, is this helping me to actually notice what I'm feeling, notice what I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. um, and if, if not, maybe then, you know, you know try it a different way uh, so that it can be helpful. Right you know, to to kind of t that act is kind of the essence of journaling, um, and if if that is happening internally for you, then it's working in a way. Right, yeah. right. I mean, you know for sure it's working if you stick with it, and if over mm -hmm. the course of time you see these these developments, and then yeah. the the other part of this is intentionally I'm proposing this as a as a way to grow spiritually right? There's lots of ways to journal. There's a million different kinds of journals and everything we've talked about right now would be helpful to anybody and, and could, could be completely separated from spiritual process. And so right. one of the other things that I, that I do in the book is I, is I offer what I call the spine, which is basically the boundaries that hold this as a spiritual practice, right? I've, I've said the practice is very flexible. You can adjust it to whatever you think you need, well, the dark side of that is, you know, it could become anything, right? right. It could, mm -hmm. you just, and if you really like writing, you know, writing words in a journal, why you'll just keep doing it. Well, yeah. the thing that allows it to be spiritual is that there's this spine that as long as you keep these four core elements in whatever way you're going to express these four core elements, as long as you keep these four core elements, then it remains on track as a tool for spiritual growth. 
right? And so that's another part of the teaching is looking at these elements. And the elements are that there's got to be there's these four things in some way have to be part of the process. The first one is there's got to be some silence. Like if you're if if this is if you're gonna learn to hear what's really happening in your inner life and and also maybe what the spirit of God is saying to you, you've got to learn to sit in silence, right? And so then there's and does that right? include texting texting my friends very quietly? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't actually. <laughs> Just joking. Ben, do we need a breakout room real quick? Thank you, Matt. I I am so quiet most of the day. Let's let Christy handle this. Come over here. (laughs) Sorry, Mark. No, no, that's good. I felt compelled to. Now, now if you turn off off the audible clicks on your text message, then then it's spiritual. It's silence. That's very spiritual. Yes. Very spiritual. All right. So, silence. Yeah. So, that's going to mean at the very least, you're not going to rush. Right. This pro it's mm-hmm. some in some way you're gonna slow down and maybe begin to learn to be present. And so there's mm-hmm. some teaching on why that matters and how to do that. Yeah. And then the two sort of reflective components are very general, but basically they are there needs to be inward reflection, which is about mm-hmm. you, where you're at right now. And there needs to be Godward reflection, which is about how how does God reflect on the circumstances you're in. How does God's character call to you in this circumstance? Whatever. Mm. And I, I tell people, and this is also a long, hard one uh, lesson, that we do the inward reflection first and then the Godward reflection, which seems totally backwards to most Christians. Mm. And the reason is this. It took me a long time to learn this, and I feel like this is a critical principle. And I think it's really resonant with the things you're doing. I'm halfway through um, the mind of Christ, and I think this fits right in. I'm not halfway through the mind of Christ. I'm halfway through your book about having the mind of Christ, (laughs) just to be clear. I'm I'm only a small fraction through the mind of Christ. (laughs) Um, So here's the principle. We are embodied creatures. We live in a body. We experience everything that happens around us in the world through a body, through a limbic system, through a collection of stories that dwell within, you know, the story-making machinery of our mind. That is where we start. And everything, whether we're reflecting on our life or thinking about theology or reading the Bible or trying to be a good husband or whatever we do, everything is filtered through that first. Yeah. And so it's actually it's actually denial to mm. sit down and say, I'm going to start by thinking thoughts about God and what God wants for me. Mm. Because if you don't, if you're not attentive to your embodied self, then that is the gateway to all kinds of crazy wandering where we're projecting yeah. onto God, where we're mm-hmm. thinking about God in ways that justify us, where we're, mm. you know, where we're spiritually bypassing what's happening yeah. in our lives because we've been taught that if we just pray hard or recite verses mm-hmm. or claim the promises or whatever, that will solve the problem, right? So mm-hmm. there's some component of inward reflection where I'm at right now. And then there's a component of Godward reflection. And that's important because it helps inoculate us a little bit against the stupid mythology we all carry around about us being the center of the universe, yeah. right? Like all of the stories, the self-justifying stories I carry that I'm the main character in this yeah. movie, you know, by turning our inward reflection Godward, we're reminded, no, I'm a part of something bigger. That something bigger matters in the world. If, you know, for me, it always comes down to thinking about the nature of God as 
you know, other-centered, co-suffering, radically inclusive compassion. And when I reflect on that, how does that call out to me? How does that mm. speak to the circumstance I found myself in? How does that yeah. challenge me in the painful place I might be in because of something that's happened in my life? Like, now I can think about that because I've taken some time to settle into myself, into the moment, into yeah. where I'm at. So maybe I'm less reactive, hopefully. Maybe I'm a little more introspective. Yeah. And now thinking about the character of God is no longer a tool for me to get my way or to prove that I'm right about that person. You know you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. And then yeah. the last one then is just then that this is prayer, right? And I me I don't mean that in the sort of grocery list kind of sense. You know, I, I'm going to yeah. write out all my prayer requests. I mean that I have an expectation, a trust, perhaps faith is the right word, that God is present with me in this. And that in some way that I don't feel like you have to be able to define, you can speak to God and God can speak to you. Yeah, I think there's such good overlap with what we do um, with gravity in our cohorts. Yeah. And we teach a, a tool called the discipleship wheel. And really, uh, it takes some of these these things that you're talking about within journaling and you know, noticing and naming uh, what's happening in our lives and, and starting there as a place and digging in like what what is going on. Mm -hmm. And ultimately in our in our tool, um, we get to a place where there's like, what lie? What's the bad news that we're believing? Which mm -hmm. is very similar to what you're talking about. And then once we are able to name that and be honest about that, can we then say, well, what's the truth? And, right. and really say, you know, Jesus, what do you say to this mm -hmm. thing that I'm feeling or this lie that I'm believing about this person or this situation or whatever? Um, and it's only then, can, once we can kind of declare what the truth is, can we then marinate in that, you know, in, in some sort of embodied response, which yep. in your case is writing out a prayer. And, yeah, that and, marinating is really what this is, right? That, yeah. that you're trying to get past the thing we do as Christians where we intellectually check off, oh yeah, I know that about God, or oh yeah, I know that's the right way to do this, or here's the Bible verse I can quote that applies to this, right? And we we stay in this sort of superficial headspace. And, and journaling by its nature, right, because it slows you down, because you're choosing words, you're writing them down, that is where the marinating happens, right? Mm -hmm. And if I can do that over time, if I can build that practice, you know, where I get through that initial, you know, few weeks where it's novel and exciting because I'm actually doing something about my spiritual life and isn't, isn't that great? <laughs> Aren't I wonderful? And then I move through the phase where it sort of feels a little bit, you know, less exciting. It's a little bit more like a chore. And then through that, the next phase is when my body starts to feel at home in this practice. Mm -hmm. And so when I sit down with my journal now, my body knows what's up. And that journal opens and that time begins and I can feel my blood pressure lowering. I can feel myself settling in and my brain is ready. It knows, it's learned. This is the time when we put away all of the crazy thoughts. This is the time when we set aside the fragmentation, right? And not every day, right? But because I've done this practice a long time, that embodied familiarity is now part of me. And, and that makes it easier, right? But that thing yeah. that makes it easier, you can't, I can't just give it to you. Right. I can't say here, here it'll work for you. No, you got, you've got to build the sort of spiritual muscle memory 
yeah. that this fe- this is how this feels when I sit down with my journal. Okay, ah, right? It's like sitting down with that good friend that you know loves you for who you are and is going to listen yeah. without judgment. And you just all of a sudden have that release to sit down with them. That's where you want to get. But you only get to that by some practice. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I personally just started journaling about a year ago. And, uh, and it's one of my favorite things I do now. <laughs> um, and I think you're right. Like, as I look back, I can see growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can yeah. see where I put on, where I like tried to be all spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like and now, yeah, yeah, in my journal. Okay. And right. now yeah. it's just a, a lot more honest and a lot, I think, yeah. more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and I think we need that. Yeah. We need that in the church, in the big C church. But I need that personally in my life um, mm-hmm. as I process things. So Yes, you do cool. need that, Christy. <laughs> that's why we brought Mark on here. It's, it's Thank you. Thank you for bringing Mark on for this personal this little <laughs> retreat counseling uh, time. Right, right. Ben, yeah. ben, do you journal? Uh, I do. It. Um, my practice, I'd love to have more time with you, Mark, just to ask you if I'm crazy. Um I mean, I don't think I am because I think it works for me. Um, but I have, I have kind of this hybrid. Um, when I have the time that I want uh, in the morning, I have this hybrid kind of daily prayer, um, uh, like the daily office mm-hmm. uh, is something that I pray every day. Uh, but then like there's part of it where I will engage in, I, it's usually either or. It's either contemplative prayer or journaling, mm-hmm. kind of just mm-hmm. depending. Like if I, if I, if there's a lot of feelies, you know, and thoughts kind of running through my head, I typically uh, punt to journaling mm-hmm. uh, because I have found for the, all the reasons you said, it was f- fascinating to me to, to realize that's why this is helpful for me. Is I, I slow those things down. I, I'm not a, like I didn't grow up accustomed to paying attention to my feelings. They were mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. you know, they they were inconvenient. Uh, they got in the way of the things that I thought were important. Yes. Um, and so journaling is a way for me to pay attention to my feelings. Um, and I've, I've found it really, really helpful. Yeah. Well, put. Um, and I think mm. the, like the combination of that, I realizing uh, as you after your question, Matt, I'm realizing one of the other things I do is I do try to, I read, um, I can't remember what book this was, but there's like core emotions mm-hmm. and I've found it helpful for me not to like invent a new word or find some great word for how I'm feeling, but to always narrow it down actually yeah. and say, of, of the core emotions, what am I actually feeling right now? Is it joy, excitement, fear, disgust, uh, sadness, or anger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's six of them. And that has been so clarifying for me mm-hmm. to, to realize, okay, what's underneath uh, all this anxiety? Oh, it's sadness. Or, right. oh, it's fear. Right. You know, it's, uh, you know there's, there's things that mask those things. But just writing that down, I am afraid of. Mm-hmm. And just writing down all the fears. Like, that's, that's been so helpful for me. Yeah. That's really um, wonderful. Like you're, what you're doing is you're, you're using that practice to gain clarity, which mm-hmm, is real, which mm-hmm. is really, I think a, exactly a desperate needful thing in the moment that we find ourselves in. Right. Because yeah. so many of us live so at such a fast pace, some of us, we have mm-hmm. to, because of the way our lives are structured and certainly our culture encourages that, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we, we live in this environment where sort of everything is commoditized and turned into product and content. And, you know, right. our sense right. of self is, is this whole process of curation. And, and in that it's, it's, it's very easy to not know 
what you're really yeah. thinking or feeling. It becomes this, this sure. cloud, you know? And so yes. having a, a practice that allows you to sort of push away some of that and come to clarity, mm -hmm. like hmm. that's, that's the core of it. That's, that's why this matters, right? We don't yeah. want to live, we don't want to live, you know, you use the language from gravity of, you know, lies that are impacting our, our, our life right. and structuring our life. But, but the trouble is we don't even know when yeah. that is what is happening because right, of right. the pace and the sleeping. lack of attention, yeah. right? And so having yeah. a spiritual practice that forces you, or maybe a better word is nurtures the opportunity for yeah. you to yeah. pay attention and be able mm -hmm. to bring clarity to that, I, that's that's the part that's transformational, right? When you can do yes. that, then the Spirit yes. of God can get in and do all kinds of things yeah. that, you, yeah. that you wouldn't have imagined. That's, that's good. We'll be right back. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, a 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life God shares with us. It's a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying some new practices. In the Gravity Formation Course, we go below the surface of our lives so we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing. More transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it has helped many to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, Go to gravitycommons.com slash formation. Let's get back to the show. I just wanted to also just resonate with your reflection, Mark, that the, the self-reflection comes before the God reflection, mm -hmm. um, which I, I think that, as Christy said, that reflects a lot of our process. Like we, we start with we call it a kairos. Mm -hmm. Like what's the kairos moment? What's the thing you're noticing? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's actually the the place where God is meeting you because that's the real thing that, that's happening for you right now. That's your reality. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of our axioms is that God meets us in our messy reality. And so we actually can't meet God in the realm of abstract ideas about God. Right. We have to meet God in the the concrete reality of of my soul, of my life right now. And so we yeah, we actually don't have a chance to do that unless we can get clarity on how do I feel? What's going on for me? What are the stories I'm telling myself right now? Yep. Um, you know, what, what's happening in my, in my soul right now? So yeah, I, that's, I that's the heart of it, Ben, right? And so many of the yeah. kind of the, the, the way that we in the church have dealt with spiritual practices, because mm. we haven't attended to the reality of the present moment where someone is at, spiritual practices default to, for many people, being a a, a, a band-aid or a salve for yes. feelings that they can't process from the past or worry yes. that they have about the future, right? And so yes. if they can just do more yes. of the spiritual practice in the right way, if they can be more committed, yeah. if they can be more intense about it, pray harder, whatever that means, yes. you know, that that yeah, becomes sort it. of a numbing agent to mm -hmm. either this regret pain from the past or worry, fear about the future. And neither of those things are in the present moment. And the present moment is where your life intersects the divine life. That is the yes. place where you meet God in the right. present yeah. moment, you know? Yes. So all yeah, of the yes. spiritual practices that we've trained in our various discipleship processes 
because people aren't also trained to stop and be present to the moment and attentive to what's happening in their interior world, they're just using them as Band-Aids. And that, I think, is why they aren't resulting in actual spiritual maturity. That's well said. Hardly agree. Yeah. I do too. Can, can Can I make a confession? Please. Sure. I don't This journal. is Christie's intervention. I don't but, journal. Oh, well, you don't journal. You yeah, talked journal. over my confession. Let me say it again. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> I don't <pause>. journal. <gasps> okay, wait. Ben, you were still talking. Can I just have a, can I have a moment? Sorry, I was, trying to, I was trying to feign shock. Ben, let's get in a breakout room again. Okay, yeah, let's get in a uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Matt, what do you want to confess? Okay. Uh, I am retaining water. I just needed to say that. And I feel a little, I feel a little fluffy today. Just a little yeah. fluffy. Like a, like a muffin. Is this why you don't journal? Wilted in the sun. Are these things related? These are the things I would talk about in my journal if I journaled. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, I, I don't journal. I used to journal, um, a lot in Christie. It was, it was kind of the, you didn't say it like this, Christie, but it was like a performative journaling. Mm. And I, and I found myself Mm. not really meeting with God. I found myself kind of doing spiritual activity in order to like, uh, appease my own sense of, uh, guilt or lack of um, having done yeah. enough or those kinds of things. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I get a little fatigued by Christians saying, Christians reminding each other we can't earn salvation. And it wasn't that. It was much more of an anxiety that I didn't feel close to God and this would do it. Mm-hmm. This would do it. Um, yeah. But I, I also, Mark, and I wonder if you can speak to this, if you need to refer me to a counselor, I'm fine with that too. Um mm-hmm. I find that my ADHD brain mm-hmm. runs about 600% faster than my hand can write and my mm-hmm. fingers can type. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I end up working against the medium mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to try to capture what I'm thinking. And I, I try to I, I slow my brain down so I can write it out. And then, and then my brain just kind of like gets all gummed up. Yeah. And I can't, I can't. So, so anyway, all that to say, as you may not have noticed this, I'm much more comfortable speaking, talking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out loud, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't feel like it counts as journaling. Um, okay. Well, let's see. There's two things I want to uh, speak to from what you shared. First off, thanks for making your public confession here in this venue mm-hmm. where lots of people in cars are going to hear it. Yeah. And and measure your spirituality from that. I really appreciate your vulnerability. <laughs> It'd be the first time I've ever been embarrassed <laughs> uns- on this podcast. Unsubscribe. unsubscribe. <laughs> You've never been embarrassed. Period. Um, I can't believe there's but, no shame here. But in oh. your share, I one of the things that I want to address is that in your share, you point out one of the reasons why journaling is not effective for people, and that is that when we come to journaling with an idea that we're curating something, right? Mm. Either either that you know, when I die, my kids are going to go through my bookshelves and they're going to find my journals and they're going to open them and they're going to discover this treasure of wisdom I've accumulated over the years, you know, or... I'm more afraid they're going to discover what I wrote about them. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or even like you're talking about that there's a certain spiritual thing I need to be. And I'm, yeah. constru- I'm construct... Yeah. The journal is a, now is a project of constructing that, mm, right? And right. That, that will not... It's not sustainable. And it, as, you, as you mature spiritually, you're going to, I believe, come more and more to understand that constructing an image is not healthy for you. And even if you haven't cognitively named that, you will reject journaling as long as the journaling is an act of constructing identity. 
you'll, you'll, this is, you'll like, this is, this is self-centered, it's self-serving, or it's just boring. It doesn't, you know, like, I, I think there's a lot of people who have tried journaling and it hasn't worked because of the expectation, it, you know, our capitalist society teaches us that everything's a product. Everything's a product. And so when I sit down with a blank page to write, there's this subconscious part of me that thinks I'm creating something and it has to be something, right? Whether that's the journal itself yeah. or the spiritual person I'm supposed to become. So the first thing is journaling won't work if you're constructing something. Hmm. We have to we have to learn to let it be a space of of authentic reality, which means it's probably going to be messy. It's probably mm -hmm. going to be inappropriate. It's probably going to be something you don't want to share with other people. It's probably going to be, you know, confusing. It's not going to always feel good. Like that's because all those things I named are realities of my inner life. <laughs> and if, yeah. and if my journal becomes an avenue, a window into my own inner life, guess what I'm going to see? I'm going to see the stuff that's in my inner life. So, so that's one of the principles that I talk about is that we, we have to let go of the idea that we're building or accomplishing something. Hmm. And then um, to speak to the ADHD thing, I, I'm not diagnosed officially that it really wasn't a thing when I was a kid, yeah. but my daughter is diagnosed and her brain and mind function very much the same. Only I have, you know, 40 more years of coping mechanisms than she does. So I think I relate and I, I guess I would maybe add a couple things. First off, what makes this work isn't that you do it like I do it. What makes it work is those core principles. And so finding a way to embody those core principles in a way that works for you is the key. And so that might be that this process happens in voice memos into your phone in the car. Yeah, you know, like that. You just you you think through the sequence of of what is makes up the journaling time, and you verbalize it. That might be what works. You know, it yeah. might be jotting bullet points, incomplete sentences, right? Like the pace of slowing down is important, but it's also something that you build up. It's a skill you build, right? And I know yeah. there were times earlier in my journaling where I I I couldn't do it. I didn't have the patience or whatever. And so I'd rush off to my day and finding, first off, accepting that a successful journaling practice doesn't mean that you journal every day. Like that was a big shift for me, right? Yeah. Because I would get into that guilt spiral of like, oh, I've checked off five days in a row and then I missed a day. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and then, then the shame of that feels more intense than the desire to do it. You know, so journaling every day is not what makes this successful. Journaling over time is what makes this successful. Hmm. And, and then you will only do it over time if you can find a way to do it that works for you. So what works for me now, having been journaling for nearly 30 years, is way different than what worked for me when I began the process and the multiple times that I had to reboot the process, right? It's mm -hmm. way different now. And so that would be, you know, if you or someone, you know, speaking the same way that you spoke came to me, that's what I would say. I would say, well, let's get the principles right. This is what you're okay. doing. You're trying right. to create a space of metacognition. You're trying to create a space where you're reflecting on what you think and feel in the presence of God. Yeah. So let's figure out what works for you to do that. Yeah, that, that phrase metacognition, I think, is really important. Thinking about your thinking. Minding your mind, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, and journaling, and journaling, journaling is a vehicle mm -hmm. that uh, enables us to do that, um, which I think is is crucial. 
But yeah, yeah it's just crucial. And I, I think there's people that are unable to do that. Uh, and then there's people who are scared of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because huge. if I if I if I tend to, if I tend to what I'm thinking, then I'm just too focused on myself and I'm supposed to die to myself. <laughs> right. I right. can't I can't focus on myself if I'm supposed to deny myself. Yeah. Um how how would you help someone who has that pushback here, Mark, or has that script or tape playing in their head that too much focusing on self leads to destruction. Um, and how is journaling, how is journaling actually, how would you, how would you respond to that? Maybe criticism of this minding your mind. Yeah. Um, so I wear glasses. I've worn glasses since probably fifth grade. And, um, it's easy to have time pass where over weeks, maybe days, maybe weeks, your glasses get more smudgy and dirty and grimy and spatters from the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. And it happens so slowly that you can literally not realize it's happening. And then down the line, all of a sudden, you're like, I can't, I can't see across the room what's going on, you know? And mm-hmm. you take your glasses off, and you're like, what the heck? That's disgusting, you know? And, and you have to clean them, and then you're like, wow, I can see again. I don't need to go buy new glasses. Okay, yeah. so that's a little uh, quick metaphor, I think, about this process. Being mindful of your inner world is, is like taking care of the lenses of your glasses. If you don't, you will think you are seeing the world around you, but you aren't. You are increasingly seeing the world and your relationships and even God through this growing grunge, this filter of, of the untended stuff that's going on in your life and the last bad experience you had and theology that is cluttered in your heart that you've never acknowledged and your untended business and the dark side of your Enneagram wing and all that stuff, right? Like all of that sort of grunges up the view only you think you're seeing. Yeah. And so the process of that we're talking about, this kind of reflection, is about cleaning off the lens. And so the reflection on yourself is taking off the glasses and noticing the grunge. And then the reflection on God is, let's clean the grunge off. And now I can see again. Yeah. 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 yeah that's really good. Yeah, that's good, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Mark, this, is, give a- this is great. Oh, give Can what? I give a practical homework tip? Oh, boy. This is how my Enneagram 3 works, but mm-hmm. this is how I started journaling, and I think it fits exactly with gravity, and I think it also fits exactly with Mark's book. But if you are like, I am not a journaler like you, Matt, and you're like, no, thank you, I, ADD, I can't do it, um, this is how I started. I took a minute. I did like three deep breaths, which, which my time of silence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I had a piece of paper. I set a timer for three minutes. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote down like the things that were on my mind and that were on my mm-hmm. heart and the emotions that I had until the timer went off. And the timer went off three minutes. Um, and then I flipped the page over and I took the pen in the opposite hand, my, my non-dominant hand. Nice. And I said, God, what do you want to say to everything I just wrote? Mm. And I sat there, and I basically wrote one sentence. It's really hard for me to write with my non-dominant hand. <laughs> but basically, like, a phrase or a sentence would come, and and it sometimes surprised me. You know, like, it wasn't Christian cliche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and then off of that sentence came my prayer. 
Yeah. You know, if the sentence was, I'm with you, you're my beloved, whatever the thing is, then my mm-hmm. prayer became, God, open my eyes to the fact that you're with me. Yes. Or God, open my eyes to to the truth that I am your beloved. Wow. And I I began to to remind myself of that truth throughout the day, which mm. honestly, that took five minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So right. uh, if you're driving in your car, maybe try that. I don't know. It, Matt, maybe maybe your ADD would feel not so overwhelmed if it was you just knew, okay, it's just a few minutes and here's a timer. Mm. Um, but that mm. was helpful for me. So um, really there's my little nugget. Yeah, that's perfect, uh, Christy. That's I mean, I talk in the book about creating a, a little template so that you are not having to invent what you right. do every time you sit down to it's, journal. Yeah, and you just so describe that, right? You had a yeah, you had right. a very clear, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be time delimited. I'm going to do this one activity and then this one activity and then it's done. Mm-hmm. And I would yep. bet that some days something happened and it expanded and you were open to that right. and you spent more time right. on it. But on the other yep. days, you did that little thing and that was it. And you didn't need to feel guilt that you hadn't spent two hours in prayer. You didn't need to feel yeah. like you weren't measuring up. Like because you had that little model, you you were able to to both feel successful, which is something we all kind of want, but also do something that was constructive. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, we could talk for hours, mm-hmm. but um Cool. Mark, so help our listeners. How can they find you? Where can they find your book? How can they find you on social media? Kind of plug your pluggables for us. Sure. Uh, so I try hard to make sure everything I do can be found from my website, which is www.markallenshelsky.com. And I'm on all of the social medias, either at Shelsky or at Mark Allen Shelsky. Um, the book is slated to launch November 15th, which may be either before your reality or after your reality, depending on when you're hearing this. <laughs> yeah, when, when so this, yeah. so uh, before that reality, you know, I'm getting everything up into the launch mode and all of that. After that reality, it will be in all of the normal book buying places. Um, but, um, you know, if, if you wonder, you know, you can find me at my website. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. But honestly, Mark, thank you for who you are because mm-hmm. this book is good and needed and in a in a way that makes practicing journaling not scary mm-hmm. and actually transformational. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate you and um, and your work on it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Christy. That means a lot. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. See you for being with us. Good to chat with you. Absolutely. Uh, Mark is a thoroughly pleasant human being, isn't he? He is. Thoroughly pleasant, yeah. Uh, he's at least thoroughly pleasant, yeah. But he is... Uh, More than that. He's an he's an amazing guy. Yes, I was just is. setting the floor. I mean, I, you know. Right. He, he, yeah, he's... Ple- I think the, the word thoroughly really does a lot of work there. It does some <laughs> helpful work. Like, he's thoroughly pleasant, which means, like, the floor is... He's always he's always pleasant, you know? Yeah. That, I'm sure he gets irritated like the rest of us, but he is a uh, he's a high character human being. I really like Mark. Yeah, I like I like him too. Um, you guys, I was going to tell you about my uh, my wife Sharon. She called me yesterday, so we mm-hmm. work from home. She's uh, she works in the in the dining room, and I work in my office. And so often, instead of like hollering up the stairs or coming, we'll just call each other. Mm-hmm. She called me from the kitchen, really oh. amped up yesterday, and I was okay. I said, "What's wrong?" 
And she said, uh, I got a link. I got a leak in my sink. Yeah. Okay. In her sink? In her sink? Yeah. Like the kitchen yeah. sink? Yeah, yeah. And I said, go ahead. I won't judge. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She she wasn't very, uh, she didn't like that. No. Uh, we actually did have a leak yeah. <laughs> in her sink. <laughs> did you actually say that to her? Is that just a joke? That you, uh, that I, you I actually, I actually did say that. That's and did funny. she roll her eyes? I couldn't tell, but the silence on the phone was deafening. Yeah. I don't think she got it. I had to repeat it four or five times, and then finally she hung up on me, and I, I went downstairs. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Turns out I misunderstood what she was saying. Yeah. yeah. If, you can't, if you can't make it to the bathroom, then go, go ahead. It's you know, okay. it's only another 10 steps, but uh, yeah. Yeah. sometimes yeah. when you got to go, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Speaking we gotta of go. going. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah. It's time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our Gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as our email most Fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our podcast is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the show. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 